I just want to say thank you. This is this has not been an easy time for all of us, but uh, you have supported us through COVID and and difficulties. Even in 2020, when things were really difficult, you stepped up and did more than you usually do. And so I'm just grateful for your support and grateful for your willingness to talk and grateful for your willingness to share and just grateful that you're a part of uh, what we do here. Hi, and welcome to Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope from inside Guiding Light. We're here in Guiding Light, downtown Grand Rapids, where we record every one of these Casting Light episodes. I'm your host, Phil Tower. It's an honor and pleasure to once again bring you another episode in this podcast series. And we remind you, this episode, as well as several past episodes in our Casting Light podcast series, is made possible through the generous donation support and the underwriting of Treadstone Funding. So we want to give a warm welcome and shout out to Treadstone Funding for making this podcast possible and your donations as well. If you are already supporting the Ministry of Guiding Light, guidinglightworks.org, you are also one of the many people who make this podcast possible. On this episode and every episode, you hear stories from men who have lived them, stories of recovery and hope, and stories about some of those men. We don't always talk with recovery clients, but most importantly, this is a podcast which showcases profound and impactful, life-changing stories of recovery made possible through these very unique and effective programs here at Guiding Light. And your donations provide these men with a safe and supportive space to continue their journey and realize their God-given potential. And those donations are key because the recovery here, as we stress in every one of these episodes, is free. There are no charges whatsoever, and it includes so much more than the spiritual direction, the counseling, the meals, the activity, the camaraderie of the men. It is a full-spectrum powerful recovery program with a very high success rate. One of the many people here inside Guiding Light who makes everything happen and is a key part of the donor aspect of Guiding Light is Bob Evans. Bob Evans, the Reverend Bob Evans, is Guiding Light Donor Relations Officer. And for full disclosure, Bob and I have met. We've talked in the past. In fact, we've done some radio interviews many, many years ago. I had a lot more hair then, Bob. (laughs) I did too. (laughs) I think we both did. Well, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. And I am so honored to be able to talk to you because I know one of your roles is you literally will reach out to donors and thank them with a phone call. Sometimes you'll go to their house, but you take this role very personally, don't you? I I do very much so. I I understand that... uh, uh, on a couple levels. For first of all, nobody really has to give us money, so when they do, uh, they should probably be thanked in some way, appropriately. And second of all, um, I've I've been in the uh, recovery business, for lack of a better term, for 20 years, and I've worked on the client side and I've worked on the donor side, and, and uh, I'm very grateful to the fact that some people will uh, give their time, talent, and treasure to uh, help us do the work that God's called us to do. 
And that is really important, that attitude of gratitude. It, it really is so simple yet so powerful to have that. And it's not always e- easy to have it sometimes when you see discouraging things. But you've been involved here. You, you are one of the veterans of this facility, Bob Evans. And I, I know that. You've been here, what, 11 years? Uh, ten, uh, this, 10 years starts this year. 10 years. So you're going yeah. on 11 years. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, you were at Mel Trotter, and you've been in this service type of ministry for quite a while. Now, your name, and I've never asked you this, has Reverend Bob Evans. Were you a pastor before I, this? I, my initial calling was to pastoral ministry. I pastored a church locally here in town, and it uh, reached a point at the church where everybody was going to be happy if they got a new pastor, including me. <laughs> and uh, my my That's an wife, way of saying yeah, it. my wife my wife had gotten a uh, got her teaching certificate, and a part of that was a contractual uh, agreement to teach in an inner city school for five years. And that point where they needed a new pastor hit about year two, and I I couldn't afford to pay back the scholarship, so I said I'll work a couple of years, then I'll go uh, pastor another church someplace. So that was twenty years ago. And I think uh, I think in in God's providential work, uh, He put me in a, in an industry and a ministry with, that fit a lot of my gifts. And so yeah. I've 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 enjoyed the client side, and I I enjoy talking to donors. I enjoy talking to people, so uh, I'm good either way. Yeah, and you know, we live in a world where, especially with COVID, a lot of people are kind of closed off. Yet at the same time, it's probably got to be a nice surprise for them that you're not calling to ask for money. <laughs> you're calling to thank them, just a simple thank you, which you ever stop to think that that doesn't happen very often, Bob Evans? Oh, uh, no, I, I think people are, are genuinely surprised, even those that get several phone calls. Um, you know, my preference pre-COVID was to go knock on the door. I'd, I'd much rather look someone in the face. Yeah, uh, but uh, COVID has made a telephone call person out of us, and uh, and uh, in this day and age, not everybody always answers the phone, so that's a challenge. But mm-hmm. when they do, I, I need to get the thanks out quickly just to assure them that all I'm doing is saying thank you, and we're able to express gratitude and and sometimes um, even provide some pastoral care and support for people who are struggling with with addiction related and other related things. Yeah. Have you ever had somebody say to you? Would you pray for me or, or ask for any kind of guidance like that? Well, there's been a couple like that. The one, the one that I get the most probably is that we have a number of donors who, who give money to us um, with the hope that when their son or their grandson or their nephew uh, comes to their senses, uh, there'll, there'll be a place like ours for them to go. And, and so I'm, I have marked those in my mind, and so when I call back, I, I'm sort of prepared to— uh, to respond to whatever news they have. A lot of times they give me updates on how their, their son is doing because they know we've talked about it before. And um, it's just just another aspect. I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm a pastor at heart, so I'm, I'm just not looking for money. But if someone has a, has a real need and they need to talk, I've, I've prayed with donors and, and encouraged them in the process of encouraging their, their children and grandchildren along. We're speaking with Reverend Bob Evans. He's Guiding Lights Donor Relations officer and we're talking about his role of reaching out to donors and thanking them as you look back on some of the hundreds if not thousands of calls you've made 
Bob Evans, do any stand out in terms of maybe the emotion or or the the surprise or just uh, you know you know I, I guess some people maybe are a little taken aback by getting a thank you over the phone. It doesn't happen that often, right? That's correct, and and um, I I think as an organization we do that to to be special amongst the twenty five hundred nonprofits in town. But more importantly, we, we generally feel that way. We, we, once again, we talk a lot about donor intent and, and, and one of the guiding marks of uh, policy and, and programming is uh, what, what, what does the donor, how does the donor want us to spend the money? And so it's important that we connect with them to, to have, get a feel for that. And it's just important. People like to be told thank you. People, mm-hmm. people like to, uh, like to uh, get a pat on the back. Some claim they don't, but for the most part, most people do. You have an office here and. You've had the privilege and the experience of seeing men who come in and they go into recovery and then they come out of here, many of them changed men, changed lives. What is that like to have that kind of ringside seat for you? Well, it's, it's, it's thrilling. Um, it, it's, it's actually, it's one of the things that helps me believe in God. Mm. Uh, you know, um, you know, change is hard for everybody. I, I always joke that when my wife tries to do barbecue sauce that, that uh, I throw a fit. But to have to change your life 180 degrees uh, takes a lot of courage. And uh, for those who have that courage and determination and grit, uh, it's great to watch the change. Uh, we used to have a marketing slogan that we used called off the streets and onto a payroll. And, and that whole process of going off the streets and onto a payroll and to a productive life. It, it helps me believe in God, and it helps me believe that, that if a person really needs to change, they can find a way to do it. Yeah, it's got to be very rewarding. And these men, they feel a camaraderie. I've heard that story from so many of the recovery clients I've talked to. Is They feel a kinship with these other men, and you get to witness that as well, too. Very much so. And probably a, the best example of that is uh, the men in the program, but we have uh, transitional housing called Iron House, and that, that's a recovery community. And, and uh, they, they kind of watch over each other, and they, they, they walk together through the program, and now they walk together in, in, in sobriety, reentering life as a sober person. Um, and so it's, 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 it's a great, it's a nice community. You know, we're speaking about the donors and, and the people you get to interact with. And I don't want to talk numbers, but I know there are some people you're probably aware of who have limited resources, yet they feel compelled to give. It's, it's the parable in the Bible of the woman who was very, very poor, but gave all she had, you know, versus the, the Pharisees and... And right, the richer right. ones who, who made a big a deal. They made a big yeah. deal out of and it. And they made a big deal. At, at Jesus made a big deal out of that story. I bet you get to see some real life examples of that without you know naming names or specific oh, oh, situation. Oh, very much so. Uh, there, uh, there's a book I read called The Seven Faces of Philanthropy, and it gives seven reasons why why people do give to charitable mm-hmm. organizations. There are some str- with some more with some stronger business connections. But one of the top ones is people give because of their faith. They feel like uh, God has blessed them. They should bless someone else. A lot of times people give because they feel it's the right thing to do. Sometimes people give because uh, they want to to pay back uh, a society that's been good to them. 
and some some give because they just want to see a person get a second chance. And mm-hmm. I think all of that kind of plays into that uh, on something. And I think it plays into that on on the small gift level and on the large gift level as well. Yeah. We're all root, we're all root for a person that's looking for a second chance. And it's got to be important to them. And and I think some givers want to know that their money is being well used. It certainly is here. There's there, are, you know, nobody driving around in uh, fancy cars or anything like that. The the amount of money that goes back into the program is very significant. And that trust relationship, Reverend Bob Evans, that's important, isn't it? Oh, very much so. I, it, it's, it's, once again, it's one of the things that I think makes us special. Uh, we are very accountable with our percentages and how we spend our money. And if you ask, we'll tell you where it goes and how it gets spent and what it gets used for. Um, like you said, nobody has a fancy car. Uh, there, nobody, nobody has a secretary. Uh, we all we all step up and do the work ourselves, and and it's and it's uh, it it really gets invested back into to the lives of the men that are looking for help. I want to ask you just a little bit before we wrap up our conversation. Your job as donor relations manager, obviously, you thank donors. What else do you do? Well, I made a list. I, I wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> I, I I basically I'm the go between between the donor and the organization. Uh, I, I teach and educate what happens here. There's there's a lot of that that occurs because people mm. people wonder why is a person homeless and why how, how does how does an addiction happen and I'm able to do that. Uh, we measure our the effectiveness of our communication and our marketing. Uh, we work on helping donors maximize their giving experience. A lot of times we like to connect it with something personal or somewhat personal, and that your gift help so and so do this and things right. like that. Uh, we do some targeted asking for specific specialties, special events and ideas and items. And then a big part of what I do is pastoral care. And uh, that was especially due to, true during COVID. After every thank you, we always ask people how they were doing. And that, that I think we were really helpful in encouraging people to get through a really difficult time for all of us. Then there's the factor of the person who has the grandson or the nephew or the son that's, that's in an addiction that just needs to know a place like this is available for when they come yeah. to their senses. So that's a whole major thing. It's all a relationship. It's all building a relationship. Mm-hmm. And if, if the good Lord gives the opportunity, we try to pray and, and support them in, in, in their struggles with the situation. I love that. And some of these, as you've been here, you're into your 10th year. Some of these stories from these donors, you probably have uh, developed a relationship with them that's been ongoing. I, I've years. I've made some good friends. I'll bet you have. I've made good friends. I I, I there's there's uh, there's people that that you wouldn't think were great photographers that turn out to be great photographers. You know, you you learn you learn uh, different passions people have. You learn uh, who makes the best sugar cookies and and things like that. That's we want to come on in for some cookies, Reverend Evans. Let's have a conversation. So I'm I'm always game for a cookie, Phil. So yeah. I, I I'm ready to do that. But it's a lot of these people I've visited in their home five, six, seven times, and have talked to them a number of times on the phone. And I feel like I have some good friends in this process as well. Let us all hope and pray we have a return that's sooner than later to that kind of in person. There's nothing better than a handshake, a hug. A look, a direct look in the eye from somebody who says thank you. Yes, you can do it over the phone or Zoom, but it's not nearly as good. And you, you have a lot of them right now 
Reverend Bob Evans is donor relations manager here at Guiding Light. Listening, perhaps in this podcast, what do you want to say to them? I just want to say thank you. This is this has not been an easy time for all of us, but uh, you have supported us through through COVID and and difficulties, and even la- even in 2020 when things were really difficult, you stepped up and did more than you usually do. And so I'm just grateful for your support. And, and grateful for your willingness to talk and grateful for your willingness to share and just grateful that you're a part of uh, what we do here. Every single person, every single donation matters. You've heard that before. And most importantly, Bob, I want to thank Treadstone Funding for making this podcast series They're possible. really awesome people, Phil. They really are. They are. And most importantly for me, uh, it's a personal thing. I feel... So fortunate to be able to be on the receiving end of these stories, along with our listeners, of course. But I go into every one of these stories of recovery. Bob, I don't know the story. It's new to me as it is to the listener, as your story has been. And I so appreciate that. So we want to thank Treadstone Funding. Most importantly, we want to remind you, as Reverend Bob Evans would remind you, the recovery here is free. There's no cost, and it allows men to have a safe and supportive space, a really true life-changing place and space to continue their journey and realize their God-given potential. That spiritual journey is a huge part of this, and we hope you will feel compelled, if you're not yet a donor, to receive that thank you call from Reverend Bob Evans and become an ongoing donor here at Guiding Light, or maybe you just feel compelled to make a single gift, we invite you to do that at guidinglightworks.org, guidinglightworks.org. Most importantly, tell a friend about our podcast, share this episode with them, or review our podcast. We would appreciate that. The word of mouth is really important, and with your help, if you would be so kind to help us out and tell a friend about Casting Light podcast from Guiding Light. We can grow our audience, attract more listeners, and hopefully more donors to support the powerful and impactful programs here at Guiding Light. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Reverend Bob Evans, Donor Relations Director here at Guiding Light. And until next time, for Casting Light and Guiding Light, I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.